Good evening, it is 5 p.m. and you're listening to The Rundown on CFRC 101.9 FM. I'm your host, Alexandra Fernandez. The Rundown is a half an hour weekly show every Tuesday at 5 p.m. EST that gives you the rundown of what's going on in Kingston, from feature interviews to local segments to your headlines and sports and traffic and more. Be sure to tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Let's jump right into our local news. Snowbanks and winter weather make collecting household waste more challenging for collectors. So this winter, you can help protect your collector from injury by placing your garbage, recycling boxes, and green bins where they can be clearly seen and safely collected. Follow the guidelines for setting out your waste and take two minutes to watch the city's winter waste placement video on the City of Kingston website. Be sure to keep a path from the road to your collectibles clear of snow and ice. Choose a safe and visible ground-level location at the end of your driveway or walkway. Place the collect on the right side as you face the street or on the boulevard closest to the curb and avoid using white garbage bags for visibility purposes. When there are large snowbanks, please shovel a ground level shelf in the street side of the snowbank for your collectibles. Never place them on top of snowbanks where they will be difficult and hazardous to collect. For more information, go to getinvolved.cityofkingston.ca. For the 11th consecutive year, Kingston Health Sciences Centre has been named one of the top 40 research hospitals in Canada by Research InfoSource. As the research arm of KHSC, the Kingston General Health Research Institute is committed to cultivating patient-oriented research, building innovative partnerships, and pursuing excellence in research through collaboration, including with its partner, Queen's University. This year, KHSC and KGHRI is ranked 23 in the country, a significant increase from the previous year's ranking of 30. This jump is the result of a 15% increase in research spending over the previous year, a change that ranks fourth highest among the top 40 research hospitals. Dr. David Pichora, president and CEO of KHSC, says, Over the past year, KHSC has proactively evolved its COVID-19 protocols, which has allowed the expansion of patient-based clinical research activities and demonstrates that research and innovation are a key strategic direction for hospital. Research drives innovation in healthcare and the mission of KHSC is to be at the forefront nationally. Our research mandate helps us recruit the best and brightest physicians and hence we are able to provide a level of care that most similar sized cities cannot. KGHRI is home to over 290 researchers who are actively involved in research projects including more than 120 new clinical studies. Several of these involve collaborative efforts with regional, provincial, national, and international hospitals and universities and involve areas of research such as allergy, cancer, cardiology, kidney disease, gastrointestinal and neurological disorders, as well as psychiatry. Dr. Stephen Smith, President and CEO of the KGHRI and Vice President of Health Sciences Research at KHSC, says, We are extraordinarily proud of our top 40 ranking as recognition of the quality of research and innovation that is taking place at KHSC. This ranking reflects our collective ability, most notably those of the research teams, to nimbly respond to needs brought about by the pandemic, but also enhance their foundational and innovative research activities over the past year. This recognition as a leading research hospital strengthens KHSC's brand as a teaching hospital. It also positions the organization as a destination academic health sciences center, a place where students, researchers, staff, and volunteers alike are inspired to learn and discover. 
Dr. Smith says this ranking reflects the focus held by KHSC as being a research-intensive hospital and will help us to continue to attract and retain top-tier researchers and keep us on the leading edge of research development, which allows us to provide new and innovative care to benefit future patients and generations closer to home. We are grateful to federal, provincial, industry, philanthropic, and community funding partners, including the University Hospitals Kingston Foundation, who continue to provide support for research. To see the full list of Canada's top 40 research hospitals, go to researchinfosource.com. A Queen student-led initiative is holding its third bag drive and this Saturday with donations going to the Kingston Interval House. Bags of Promise has been at work in the Kingston area since spring 2021, with the focus being on filling backpacks with essential items like hygiene products and grocery gift cards for partners in the community to distribute to their clients. On Saturday, teens will be filling and delivering bags with a final push this week to collect items. As the organization continues to find its footing in the community, they have rebranded with a new website and also look to expand to have a wider reach, adding a number of student volunteers to its team. BOP's Executive Director, McKean Skeels, says the need for expansion of their team has sprung from the increase in programs that the organization is involved in. Skeel says, I'd say that our interest in terms of the services, the education, and the level of advocacy that we provide has really expanded, so we've needed quite a large team. Part of the growth now includes looking at building chapters in other cities where interested students can look to provide a similar service in their own community. Guelph became the first new town to open their own local chapter, and BOP is looking to get established in more places if it can. While the idea for the Guelph partnership came from Kingston, the organization is now looking for interested suitors in other towns to come to them for guidance on getting started. Now we're opening it up to other students reaching out to us in hopes of starting a new chapter in their area if that's a need that they recognize. That's something that we're hoping to start is being a little bit more hands-off and allowing those needs to come to us, Skeels says. For the first time, the organization has also has to start thinking about handing off some leadership positions to a new group of students as a number of the original members members near the end of their time at Queen's and potentially in Kingston. Skeel says that it's clear newer members will be able to take the wheel when the time comes. We were able to recruit a lot of first and second years that were demonstrating a lot of leadership and had a lot of passion for community service, and also noticed a gap in our community in Kingston and in other communities. I think that's made our job really easy in terms of kind of passing on the baton to some of those younger members. BOP is accepting donations up until Friday, February 3rd, with the bag delivery happening this Saturday. Cezanne's Closet is Union Gallery's ever-popular annual fundraiser and has been a beloved local arts event in Cataraqui, Kingston since 1995. Tickets are $100 each and guarantee the ticket holder one artwork, but with a twist. Tickets are drawn in a lottery style and when a ticket holder's number is called, they have two minutes to claim an artwork of their choice. Over 90 artworks are available in a wide range of styles, generously donated by new generation and established artists on a local, national, as well as an international scale. Everyone is invited to view Cezanne's closet artworks in person and the online artwork catalog. All funds raised directly support Union Gallery's not-for-profit mission and programming, including exhibitions, artist opportunities, workshops, and more. For more information, visit uniongallery.queensu.ca. Currently, the fundraiser preview exhibition is happening at the Union Gallery. The live virtual event will be happening over Zoom on February 4th, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m., that is this Saturday, and you can purchase a ticket online for $100. The gallery hours are Tuesday to Saturday from 11 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. and Wednesdays from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m., so you can be sure to check it out. The Union Gallery is located on the main level of Stauffer Library on Queen's University campus. 
On May 1st, with the approval of the Ministry of Children, Community and Social Services, which is also known as the MCCSS, the operations of three early childhood development programs at KFL and Day Public Health will transfer to Kids Inclusive at the Kingston Health Sciences Center. This change will impact preschool speech language, blind, low vision, and infant hearing programs. It is anticipated that this transfer will not disrupt the services of these programs as they are already well aligned with the core services at Kids Inclusive. For over 50 years, Kids Inclusive has provided rehabilitation and support services for children and youth in the Frontenac and Lennox and Addington counties and is well positioned to onboard these three programs and integrate these programs into the new Smart Start Hubs initiative. The Smart Start Hub is a one-stop point of entry for families who have concerns about their child's development and would like to explore available options and supports. Noella Clawitter, director of Kids Inclusive, says KFL and Day Public Health and Kids Inclusive at KHSC are committed to working together to support a seamless transfer of these three programs for children and families, staff, contracted agencies, and community partners. Children and families will notice very little change in the delivery of care, and we look forward to welcoming the preschool speech and language, blind low vision, and infant hearing programs to the Kids Inclusive team. It is anticipated that most of the staff working in these programs will transfer with the program and at this time will continue to work from the KFL and Day Public Health main office. A strategic decision has been made to transfer the leadership of these programs as a result of pandemic recovery planning that indicated the need for KFL and Day Public Health to shift its organizational focus to mandatory public health programs and services outlined in the Ontario Public Health Standards. These three child development programs are not mandatory public health programs. We want to take this moment to thank the dedicated and skilled staff, strong leadership, and supportive contracted agencies and community partners for providing high-quality services to children and families for the past 20 years in our communities, says Dr. Piotr Oglaza, Medical Officer of Health at KFL and Day Public Health. Education for Reconciliation is part of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission's Calls to Action and is something with which every Canadian can engage. Join the Kingston Frontenac Public Library's online discussion sessions based on the University of Alberta's free online Indigenous Canada course and learn more about Indigenous cultures, worldviews, issues, and movements. Zoom discussions will run each Thursday from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. from Feb 16th to March 23rd, as well as April 13th to May 18th. Indigenous Canada is a self-led 12-lesson massive open online course comprised of video-based lessons. Discussion group participants will complete a lesson before each Thursday's discussion session, then talk about what they learned in the course, their questions, and what they want to explore further. You can register for the course at ualberta.ca and the KFL KFPL discussion group at calendar.kfpl.ca or you can also register over the phone at 613-549-8888. Jake Miller, who's the librarian of adult programming, says, we've offered this discussion series twice in the last two years and there's been significant interest. People want to learn about Indigenous experiences and these diverse communities, cultures, movements, and histories. This KFPL program is a chance to connect with others and honor historical and contemporary contemporary Indigenous perspectives. Again, you can register for the University of Alberta course by going online to ualberta.ca and you can register for the Kingston Frontenac Public Library discussion group at calendar.kfpl.ca. 
Sandy Pines Wildlife Center in Napanee, Ontario has launched a new online course to equip members of the public with the skills needed to identify a wild animal in distress and to safely secure and transport the animal to the center for treatment. Without a dedicated rescue team, Sandy Pines Wildlife Center relies on community members to bring the animals in themselves, which can be challenging for both animal and rescuer. Leah Birmingham, who's medical director of Sandy Pines Wildlife Center, says we've had patients arrive at the center in worse condition from harmful capturing and transportation methods than from the original injuries or illness that the animal had. We hope this course will lead to safer rescues that cause minimal stress to the animal so they have a fighting chance at making it through rehabilitation. The course, called Wildlife Aware Workplace Training, focuses on emergency response to wildlife in a workplace setting, from an office to a vehicle to a construction site. While the course is designed with workplace scenarios in mind, any member of the public can take the course. Sue Meach, who is the director at Sandy Pines Wildlife Center, says, if we didn't have the public involved in wildlife rehabilitation, we wouldn't have any patients. There are eyes and ears out there. It's a two-way street. They help the animal, we help the animal, and we work together. It's a team effort. Workplaces with participants in the course can apply for a Wildlife Aware certification to receive a digital award in bronze, silver, or gold to show their organization's commitment to the well-being of wildlife. As more community members gain knowledge and confidence in safely rescuing wildlife at their workplace, more animals will receive the time-sensitive medical care that they need for successful rehabilitation and release. You can register for the course by going to Sandy Pines Wildlife Center's website. This project is made possible in part by the Community Foundation for Kingston and area. In honor of Black History Month beginning on February 1st, KFPL is celebrating with programs for all ages. The Kingston Frontenac Public Library is celebrating Black History Month this February inspired by and partnering with Black creators to offer valuable education, discussion, and creative opportunities. From celebrating Black joy to learning about the legacy of the Black Lives Matter movement, there are events and resources for people of all ages. Programming begins with Make Art Just Like Vanessa, an event for kids ages 5 and up. Taking inspiration from the joyful, vibrant art of Black illustrator Vanessa Brantley-Newton, participants make an image of themselves using crayons, pastels, and paper collage. Registration is required for the event happening on February 4th at the Calvin Park branch. Creativity continues with graffiti art. Design your own tag. Kids ages 5 and up will join award-winning Ottawa muralist Jimmy Baptiste as he guides families to create graffiti pieces. This virtual event happening February 16th is sponsored by the Friends of the Kingston Frontenac Public Library. Registration opens on February 4th. On February 23, people ages 13 and up are invited to drop into the Calvin Park branch from 6 to 8 p.m. for a screening of Whose Streets? Sabah Folian and Damon Davis's documentary covers the 2014 Ferguson, Missouri uprising after Michael Brown's death. The fallout from his killing is explored through several people's perspective as they navigate institutional and racial barriers in the journey for justice. Throughout the month, KFPL branches will showcase collections featuring books, films, and music featuring Black voices with online collections offering the same. You can check the event calendar and register for these events at calendar.kfpl.ca for more opportunities and more information so you can celebrate Black History Month. During Black History Month, we celebrate the joy and accomplishments of the Black community while acknowledging the ongoing struggle against racism and discrimination, says Kimberly Sutherland Mills, director of 
KFPL for service design and delivery. KFPL's programming and collections remind us that while we honor the past, we must also actively work towards a future where Black voices are not just heard, but valued and uplifted. As you may or may not know, the Wolf Island Ferry Service has been a little bit unusual over the last few days. The Ministry of Transportation is pleased to be able to provide with updates on the Wolf Island Ferry Service. They, re they recognize that it, is, that it is a critical mode of transportation for residents and that ferry users are eager to come on board on the newest vessel, the Wolf Islander 4th. The Ministry is currently targeting having the ferry in service for spring 2023. The Ministry of Transportation is working diligently to ensure that the safe operation of the Wolf Islander starts as soon as possible to meet the needs of the community. Before the vessel can be put in service, Marine staff must complete necessary training in ordinance in accordance with Transport Canada regulations. Training and testing has started, so you may notice that the Wolf Island 4 will be in the water around Kingston or at the docks. The existing Wolf Islander 3rd will continue providing regular service to ferry users while this work is underway on the Wolf Island 4th. Work is also underway to upgrade both docks in Kingston and Marysville. Due to design changes, including those to support the new electric ferries, along with various other construction challenges, the completion dates for both docks have been delayed. Construction on the Marysville dock is tracking towards completion in late 2023, and until then, the new ferry will operate out of Dawson Point. Construction on the new Kingston ferry dock is tracking towards completion in 2025. Temporary modifications are being made to the existing Kingston dock as an interim solution to be able to accept the new ferry while construction on the other dock continues. For the latest updates on construction, you can go to wolfislanddocks.ca. And if you've not already done so, you can email mtoferryinfo at ontario.ca and request to be added to the Wolf Island distribution list. You can also visit ontario.ca slash ferries and follow the Wolf Islander 3 on Twitter for the latest ferry service updates. Kingston's Queer Reel Out Film Festival is still taking place until February 5th, so go check out some movies while you can. It's been three years since Kingston's longest-running film festival has convened in person, but the organizers of the 24th annual Reel Out Queer Film Festival are very excited for this year's theme, Better Together. 76 films are showcasing LGBTQ plus stories from 15 different countries over 11 days. The festival took started on January 26th and is running until February 5th, 2023. There will be feature-length and short narrative and documentary works in various genres, as well as many visiting artists from the films that will be showcased over the duration of the festival. All of these movies are screening at Kingston's independent downtown movie theater, The Screening Room. There will be special focuses on Iranian shorts and trans cinema. You can visit reelout.com for a full list of events that are still running. Before we end off, let's do a weather update for the evening. Tonight we'll have an increase in cloudiness and a few flurries will begin this evening. There will be about 2 centimeters of snow. The wind will be up to 15 kilometers an hour with a low of minus 14. Wind chill makes it feel like minus 9 this evening and minus 20 overnight. Tomorrow it'll be clear in the morning. Wind will become southwest 20 kilometers an hour gusting to 40 in the morning. The high will be minus 5. Wind chill will make it feel like minus 20 in the morning and minus 12 in the afternoon. And tomorrow night will be cloudy periods with a 30% chance of flurries and a low of minus 11. Thank you so much for tuning into the rundown on CFRC 101.9 FM. And now let's jump into our traffic report for the week. Here is your weekly traffic report brought to you by the City of Kingston. Lower Brewer Swing Bridge is closed until further notice. McDonnell Street from Johnson to Earl will be closed until February 6 for new service connections on McDonnell. 
Market Street from Ontario to King will be closed until February 11th at 5pm for the Optic Interactive Sound and Light installation. University Avenue from Union to Earl will be closed until January 31st at 7pm. Wright Crescent from the south intersection of Palace to 16 Palace is closed until October 31st, 2023 for construction staging. Please note that access to Wright Crescent is through the north intersection of Wright Crescent and Palace Road. The School Streets Initiative is in place from 8.40am to 9.10am and 3.20pm to 3.50pm on weekdays until June 29th, 2023. Macdonnell Street from Earl to Hill and Sydenham Street from Ordnance to Colburn. Again, these streets are closed from 8.40am to 9.10am and 3.20pm to 3.50pm on weekdays until June 29th. The Play Street Initiative is also in place. The following street is closed from 3.30pm to 5.30pm on Mondays until August 28th. Thomas Street from Cowdy to Patrick. Some other delays that you can expect. Front Road from Trailhead to King West, you can expect a lane closure on the north side until February 3rd from 7.30am to 3.30pm each day. Highway 33 east of Collins Creek Bridge to west of Coronation Boulevard, you can expect some delays. Construction barrels and flag people will direct traffic around the work zone. And Jackson Mills Road near the KNP Trail will be reduced to one lane, which does remain open in both directions. King Street from Princess to Queen, you can expect a sidewalk closure until Feb 28th. You can also expect a sidewalk closure on Queen Street from King to Ontario until February 28th for the development happening at 18 Queen Street. And in regards to the Portsmouth Waterfront Pathway, the city has closed access to the pathway at the foot of Mowat Avenue and Young Street, as well as east of Lake Watch Lane to accommodate pathway and shoreline improvements. That's your City of Kingston weekly traffic report, and now we're going to throw it over to Mary with our events calendar for the week. Thank you so much. I'm Mary McKetty, and this is your events calendar for the week. First off, there are three important academic deadlines to keep in mind. Both the Queen's General Bursary Appeal and Queen's Financial Awards deadlines arrive on Wednesday, followed by the deadline to drop winter term courses for a 50% refund on Friday. Remember to get your submissions in if these deadlines apply to you. On the note of deadlines, online tickets are still available until this Saturday for the Queen's Feminist Leadership and Politics QFLIP Ignite 2023 conference. Conference delegates will hear from a variety of inspirational speakers, participate in skill-building workshops, and meet like-minded individuals who share a passion for political advocacy. Online tickets are $35, so make sure to register at linktree slash QFLIP. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Q-F-L-I-P. Coming up on Thursday until February 8th, Peer Health Educator, P-H-E, will open registrations for their $5 fresh food boxes. Fresh food boxes contain fresh produce and key ingredients to make quick, healthy meals with up to four servings and can be picked up February 9th. The link to register online can be found on queensevents.ca. Information about pickup times, locations, and recipes for fresh food boxes will be sent to you upon re registration. Also on Thursday, Art Hive at Agnes picks up for the winter season. Art Hive is an art therapy initiative for everyone ages 16 and up, and is facilitated by Harper Johnson in the Onslet Billet studio at the Agnes Etherington Arts Centre, located at 36 University Avenue. You can register for free online at agnes.queensu.ca slash participate. For a family-friendly Saturday and Sunday, you don't want to miss the Cabin Fever Winter Antique Show. 
This antique show is celebrating its 40th anniversary of offering diverse and affordable collections from dealers across Ontario and Quebec. The show will run from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. on Saturday and 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Sunday, located at the Portsmouth Olympic Harbor, which is at 53 Young Street. For more information, please visit cabinfeverkingston.com. I'm Mary McKetty, and those are all the events we're highlighting for the week. Thank you so much for tuning in to CFRC's news programming. If you ever have a news story or tip to share, please reach out to news at cfrc.ca. Stay tuned for more programming coming up next. Thank you for listening to The Rundown, produced with the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario, situated on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples.